enter if you dare this ghastly conversation of teens fraught with despair and recent lacerations. Final girl, chase after her, don't let her get away. But first, the slumber podcast massacre. Welcome to Slumber Podcast Massacre with TNA. That's Tim. That's Andy. And this is a podcast about horror. Every week, Tim and I get together. We talk about a different movie from the horror genre, from your well-known classic down to that rare gem that's got a fake eyeball taped to the middle of its forehead at the back <laughs> of your video store shelf. This week, Tim and I are going to talk about the 1981 Canadian body horror <laughs> Sorry. Ding, ding, ding. You win. <laughs> uh, David Cronenberg film Scanners. Tim, if you had telepathy, how would you use it? Well, do you, do we want to get into this now? Let's do it. If you want to, you can okay. uh, bring it up later if you want. Okay. I, I don't know. know. I'll, I'll go ahead. I'm just realizing now it is a related question to something you told me earlier, which not my intention, but let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. So this is something that I've never I've never talked to you about. It's something that I've never talked about publicly, and I'm I'm kind of hesitant to do it, but uh, I'll I'll say it anyway. Um, in my family, on uh, one particular side of the family, there are a couple of family members that uh, have some abilities that we would be considered um, uh, otherworldly, I suppose. Mm. Um, supernatural, supernatural. Sure. Um, those abilities include, uh, astral projection and, um, visitation from deceased family members. And, uh, the particular, uh, people that, that have these abilities in my family are not at all, uh, people that would do anything just to get attention. Um, they're not grandstanders. These are very like grounded people. So it, it gives a lot more credit to them telling me that they have these abilities than somebody who just is likes to make up stories, yep. you know? Um, so existing within that, um, in, in what I can do or do, um, with certain people is a, a form of telepathy and, what it is, is uh, it's not with everybody. Um, I only know it if I see somebody mm-hmm. and I then you can tell that if they can do it too. And I know that this all sounds very, very strange. Is it like like uh, when someone burns toast? <laughs> He's similar to The Shining. In fact, it's funny. Uh, when I was watching that movie with uh, one of my daughters, I it was actually the first time that I told her that that we can do this uh-huh. you know because i know that she can do it too and um and she's like you you like you tell me now that <laughs> our family has some sort of thing um and what, what what i mean by a thing is that i i would describe it as uh nothing it, to me it doesn't come across as supernatural at all it feels to me just like a widened uh frequency is all um it, it's it's not words uh, that I, I'm not hearing a sentence from somebody, and nor am I putting a sentence into their mind necessarily. It's kind of like um, 
it's like a language, but it's not like the spoken language that we're doing right now. Uh-huh. It's uh, like it's kind of like if you had a piece of of gum that was flavored like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah, uh, it's not a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but it, the taste is there. Sure. So the recognition back and forth feels like the way that you communicate with language, but it's different than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I again, I can't do it with everybody. I actually don't like to think about it very often because it's to me, it's it's a little unsettling. And uh, nobody wants to feel like they're crazy. Right. So a lot of times I just do my best to say, like, this is this isn't really anything. And but recently, um, like in the last year, I was talking with that family member of mine and she kind of finished my sentence for me. And that's when I started taking it a little bit more seriously. When I said uh, we were kind of talking about her visitations with uh, with our deceased family members. And I was talking about the ability to. Um, talk without and then she said saying words and I said yeah and she knew exactly what I was talking about and um, it's something that honestly if if a psychologist came to me and said what you're experiencing is nothing more than your desire to deeply connect with people and that's just your personality I would say okay fine like I'm not gonna I wouldn't try to argue with them I'd probably be even more comfortable with that right and uh, it's it's nothing because I it, it, we live in a world now where people want to have something different about them, something unique, something defining. Um, but for me having, well, I don't know if that's like new to the world. <laughs> well, like, right. Yeah. We just have a lot more ways to show it now. True. Good. Point. Yeah. Good. Point. Everyone's kind of been that way. But, uh, but essentially what, what this is, is if I see somebody that can do it and we look at each other, there's, um, like a, a feels like a recognition of a uh, transmission of uh, some information, but not uh, not it's not clearly defined. Mm-hmm. So again, I go. I You've go, had this with strangers. Yes. Have you then talked to the strangers about the the connection you both had? No, I've never. Okay. I've never brought it up to anybody. So so far, it's only been confirmed by family members and then you think you have it with strangers but you don't know from the stranger's perspective if they have also felt that other uh, correct other than you can kind of feel when somebody is doing sure so and i know people are listening to this right now and they're like timmy has lost his fucking mind and and trust me i I know one person i am with you I am I am 100% with you honestly I just I don't even think about it I put it it's sort of out of my mind um because it's just it's it's not worth troubling myself with as far as like really trying to figure it out but it is something that I feel exists and like I said has been confirmed by a family member as something that we can do so um if there's anybody listening to this that knows what I'm talking about when you see the people and you you'll hear my words that sound really that I'm saying right now that sound really uh abstract but you'll know if you can do this you'll know what i'm talking about if there's anybody out there that has that thing where when you see somebody and you know that they have that same connectivity and you look at them and you exchange information back and forth and you can feel that you're exchanging that information back and forth i hope there's somebody listening to this right now that's like i know exactly what the fuck you're talking about and i've never heard anybody actually say it before i would love to be in some sort of company other than, you know, a family member. Right. I'd be thrilled. I'd be thrilled. Or if somebody, honestly, well, the next time you have that with a stranger, you should talk to them about it. I've thought about, there's somebody that I know that I have it with yeah. that I've thought about bringing it up to them, but I've also thought about, uh, cause once you, once you open that box, you can't really yeah. close it. And if they think if it's something that they're 
not willing to admit or that they're not in touch with, then they're going to think I'm crazy. Yeah. And even me saying this right now, sounds crazy, but honestly, it doesn't, I don't really think it's anything supernatural. I genuinely don't. I just think it's like a higher, it's like a, a wider broadband of stimuli acceptance. Yeah. I and, will. I mean, I'll be honest. This now makes a lot more sense as to why you built that giant cerebro chamber in your house. <laughs> Well, yeah, I thought it was obvious to everyone. <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, what a fan, what a comic book fan. But no, it's for real utility. Yeah. Yeah. Get a lot of use out of that. Uh, no, it's it's a funny, crazy thing. And and um, like I said, it most days I, I don't even think about it at all. Um, you know, of course, my my teenage daughter is like super and like, oh, like, let's let's look into this. Let's let's dig yeah. into this. And I'm like, no, this is that's, just that's uh, no, crazy. don't stifle that type of mind, man. That's what you want to. Why wouldn't you want to know why that's happening? Well, be, because are you afraid of the truth that it might not be the supernatural experience or as you're saying, not supernatural, but it may not be the experience you're hoping it means that it is. I don't, it's a great, it's a great question. I'd almost welcome that. I'd yeah. almost welcome somebody. Well, then being don't like, stifle your daughter's curiosity. Let her find out. Okay. Run some tests. Do some tests. <laughs> yeah. Where do make where do some you hypotheses? Go, where are all those places in movies that like they hook up electrodes to your forehead, <laughs> right. your temples? Like, show me that. Place. There's, uh, there's a, um, I want to say that outpatient uh, over on 49 has like a sleep center in it. Is it also Which, a telepathy? Center? I don't know, but <laughs> they got to have like brain machines, right? They, well, they would at least like be interested in it if I talked to them about it, I suppose. Yeah. So yeah, maybe I will. But okay. if I had like some Ghostbusters cards, like you wouldn't be able to tell me like no, just a no, couple no, no, wavy no, lines. yeah, it has nothing to do with like predicting anything or seeing anything. It's it's just an interpersonal communication via whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and I and we've been friends for how long? And I've never mentioned this to you. Yeah, and, it's, and it seems like something that doesn't it seem like something that I would talk about? <laughs> totally. Right. Yeah. So so the fact that I haven't just goes to show. But you that, haven't because it totally sounds like I something as I'm going to say right now. Say I really don't believe that it's what <laughs> you think it is. Uh, but and I can't I can't speak to your experiences, so I'm gonna let you enjoy them for what they are. And I would I would never be offended by if well first. <laughs> but of all, I would encourage your daughter or anyone else who wants to find out more about perceived abilities. Yeah, seek out the answers. Yeah, no, and and it's you are exactly the person. If I had to pick one person in this world to be like, <laughs> I got to find somebody that doesn't believe this. <laughs> It would be you. So no, and, and the truth is, honestly, I'm I, like I said, I'm more comfortable thinking that way about it anyway. Sure. So uh, I'm with you. Like it's nonsense. <laughs> it's garbage. Um, but uh, speaking, speaking of, of garbage, <laughs> yeah, I beat you. I'm you sorry. I'm you sorry. No, oh, you did it. Oh, okay, <laughs> Tim. Tim, we're talking this week about scanners from scanners. 1981. It's a. Uh, uh, it's written and directed by David Cronenberg. <laughs> It stars Stephen Lack, Jennifer O'Neill, Patrick McGuhan, and Michael Ironside. He's like sixth build in this movie at being the lead villain and, I don't know, a good actor. I was surprised he's so low. It had a budget of $3.5 million. It made $14.2 million. So it's a, it okay. was a success. Let's run out Nan Sum real quick. Boring-ass white yogurt protagonist Cameron Vale is a scanner, a small subset of humans that have the power of telepathy and psychokinesis. 
He's recruited by Dr. Ruth to help stop a powerful group of rogue scanners led by Canadian Jack Nicholson, Michael Ironside. Cameron unemotionally discovers a plot to prescribe the power drug ephemeral, which suppresses the scanner's ability to pregnant woman with the goal to create more scanners. Yeah, I don't get it either. That's scanners. <laughs> or as it's known in Massachusetts, scanners. Scanners. Uh, yeah, starring. Uh, yeah, I like that you you give uh, some credit there to Michael Ironside, who is the human equivalent of buying Jack Nicholson at Aldi's. <laughs> yeah. Um, the wish.com yeah, right uh, but he's super great you want to hear it now I'm just going to throw this out there because I'm excited to say it. it's a fun fact Michael Ironside was literally hired to be in this movie to do one black and white um, like uh, what do I want to say um, like a just a one quick scene of like somebody who has this ability and he was literally hired for like a day's work. Yeah. Was and it for, that scene where he's yeah, for a flashback? Yeah. yeah. So, um, or it's not really the a flashback, titular but, eyeball tape to his forehead. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So he was hired in that character, which only it doesn't even look like him. And I, th- that makes sense. Cause I'm wondering, was that something that was filmed way earlier? Probably. And the, then they put him into the movie cause he looks different. They really de-age him beautifully in that because <laughs> yeah. he's supposed to be 22 like probably you know less than half his age in in the rest of the movie but yeah they really they that was great yeah um but yeah he was only literally supposed to be in one scene and uh then cronenberg was like well you're pretty awesome so let's have more of you and uh it's kind of interesting it it sort of speaks to the whole the whole goings on of this movie, which were very, very hectic and and not pleasurable, according to David Cronenberg, who's who's respected as like a super, super intellectual, super smart, uh, cool guy in yeah. the industry. Yeah. And for the record, I love David Cronenberg. Yeah. But I'd never seen this movie. Uh, it's his seventh movie, if you can believe. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I thought it was like his third, but it was like maybe. the first one where he really broke. Yes, um, this was like the first Canadian movie that competed in an American box office. Yeah, like, and it's well, and it's of all movies, Scanners, it's Scanners, <laughs> um, which we were joking earlier. It's garbage. Listen, like it's a it's. A, a competently made movie. I just found it very uh, not engaging. I struggled to stay awake during it and not in a shitty way, but just like, was I a little tired? Sure. Um, but th- there was just nothing where I was like, ah, but I'm still, I'm still into this movie. Right. No, I, like I told you when you would express that to me, uh, I literally took four naps while watching this movie Four. <laughs> Um, and it's, uh, and every time that I woke up, I was excited to dive back in, but then it was just like, you know, videos of like a, like a little kid falling asleep and you just slowly see like their head, like (laughs) slip off their hands and hit the table. Um, that was me. And I, I couldn't like, I love the concept. I love everything about it. But if you know the history of the production, it kind of makes sense. What happened was, is it was, um, it was funded by a company called, um, let me find this here. It was, uh, it was, <laughs> I'm going to find it here eventually. This it was a, uh, well, let's just put it this way. It was, uh, okay. 
Film Plan International. Boy, that was <laughs> worth waiting for, wasn't it? Film Plan International. Um, oh. The funny thing about Film Plan International is it's the money that they give you, and I'm not smart enough about money to know anything about this, but it was somehow tied to like tax deductions or something. So if they give you the money, you have to spend it that year okay. it, within that fiscal year. So he had to, Cronenberg had to literally rush right into making it. Um, and the funny thing is he had like nine months of post-production because you could do whatever you wanted to after the fact, right. but the, any dollar that was going to be spent in the making of the project had to happen within that year. And the, and time was of the essence. Wow. So they, he had a first draft written. It was not completed. This movie was written as it was filmed. Um, and even like Michael Ironside would get his scenes like the night before, not rewrites, like first rights yeah. uh, that he, the first time he'd ever seen it. So um, that's why you see, like there are some bits in the movie where he's gone for like seemingly a long time and you kind of wish that he was back in there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but no, it's, if the movie doesn't seem overly focused, it's because the production wasn't overly focused. Okay. And it was very rushed. They had two weeks of pre-production. Um, they were literally building sets, you know, as they're deciding what the next scene is going to be. Yeah. So that kind of makes sense. So actually knowing that they yeah. did a bravo good... to the professionalism then of that team and like yeah. building something cohesive in a short amount of time, because that's not easy and could really be bad. But so, it makes sense. Speaking of bad. <laughs> Stephen Lack. Yeah is his name, and it is very fitting because he is completely lacking any acting talent, and he is our protagonist here. Thankfully, the way that the film is constructed, it has, I wouldn't call it an ensemble cast, but it's not overly focused on one or two people. It, it kind of dances yeah. around, but it's it's still far too much of him. Yeah. And, well, and it's funny because you had sent me a message like, I'm actually like, oh, this is kind of fun, but the they wasted, like, the lead has no is just awful, you know? And so as now I'm watching it, I'm just like, well, which guy is the lead? Like, I'm not really sure, but this guy doesn't talk until like 20 minutes into the movie. And as soon as he talks, I was like, oh, this guy. Yeah, he's the one. He okay. sounds like a modern day, like if you do like a deep fake, like a like an AI generated voice. Yeah. Everything is very monotone and well pronounced. I need your help. I'm looking for Mary. I have to find out where the things are. And, you know, I'm a scanner like you. My fucking eyeballs just popped out of my head. Dude, yeah. Let's not get to the best part of right, the movie. Right, yeah. But no, he's awful. Uh, he's awful, awful. Like awful. he's, uh, he's, it, it, the term in theater uh, that we use is dead-eyed. And, and what that means is that there, are, somebody might be on stage, they might be performing, they might be saying all of the right words, and that's fine. But there's literally no life behind their yeah. eyes. And he, that's him. And for a second in the beginning, I thought, like, maybe he's just, like, trying to get across the fact that he's not really integrated into society or something. Right. But um, but it's... Because he plays, like, weird and creepy pretty well. Like, he's got, a, like, a bug-eye face. Uh, and that's how we're introduced to him is pretty much him like screaming and freaking out in a mall and then 
screaming and freaking out in a bed. Like those are the first two times, and those parts are okay. Yeah, I was not yet at oh, this is the worst guy in the movie. But yeah, the minute he delivers a line of dialogue, and and it's like like the other actors in this movie are good. They're good. Uh, no performance really stands out. Maybe Michael Ironside to me because I just kind of like that guy. Uh, and he, but he's just doing classic Michael Ironside in this movie. But yeah. that he lack is so it's such a contrast to oh. any type of actual performance. So even just the most benign lines, I don't even want to say they sound good. It almost like I mean it hurts the rest of the movie easily. Like I probably would have been more engaged. Yeah, because um, a lot of the story and themes are up my alley. I mean it's about underground psychics who are you know building a drug network like that's kind of cool yeah but just when that guy would just talk i'm just like checked out don't give a fuck right and here's the thing if you want to have let let me let me try to give them a little bit of credit if you wanted to maybe they cast him because they they sort of liked the dead eye thing like that he you know hadn't really been a part of society because he didn't really know how to control these powers that he had and what have you there are people out there, there there are actors that are doe-eyed but still have something. Like Toby yeah. Maguire is kind of doe-eyed. Like <laughs> right. he looks like he's like only part human, sort of. But but you still feel something from sure. him. You know, yeah. like you feel a personality in there. You don't feel anything in this guy. No, yeah. And uh, and you're right. When when you said that thing about like the contrasting of of the acting talent, there's a scene towards the end, not the end scene but there's a scene with michael ironside and it's you're sitting there and you're like michael ironside has got to be just hating every minute of this because right. he's got nothing to work with you know in, in this other actor yeah. um Gee, i didn't even think of that like because that sucks too if you are in a scene with someone yeah. and you get nothing out of them right because it's a rush tim let me tell you <laughs> When you get a connection on stage and you fucking get done with the scene and you're both like, fuck yeah, we nailed it. Yeah, it's the best feeling in the world. And when when you're not getting anything from someone, it's garbage. Yeah. One thing that we do get from Stephen Lack is uh, that I feel good about is at least we know that if you happen to fall down on an escalator right at the end of it, you don't immediately get shredded to ribbons. <laughs> Which right. is all of our fears, right? But there's a scene yeah. where he falls down. It's the thing that we're all freaked out about from the first second we ever go to a mall and see an escalator. And he falls right at the end. Yeah. And he doesn't get sucked No in. injuries. Yeah. We were we've been lied to. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's fine. Just lay down. <laughs> Take it. Um, I forgot about that. You know, I, I do, I, that, that's going to be a reoccurring phrase through this one. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> I love a good mall scene. I, I love a good mall scene in a movie. Yeah. A um, 1980s mall scene. Yeah. Commando. Mm, come on. Yeah. It's as Best good as it gets. Run high. Yeah. Chopping mall. Yeah. Um, hey, real quick. All the same mall. <laughs> speaking right. Yeah. <laughs> it literally speaking, is. Sherman, yeah. Sherman Oaks. Speaking of not necessarily malls, but things that we've covered before, oh. did you recognize the actor that plays the sort of like henchman? For- oh, he, he's from Reanimator, right? No, no. Oh, OK. I thought he was the bad doctor from Reanimator. He is. We're talking like the head of security, the yeah. guy who's working with Michael Ironside. Dude, he's Ooh. in. I'm so excited about this. 
Um, Happy birthday to me. Yes. Is he the dad? No. He's like one of the young people. Whoa. With the nose. Whoa. That's him. That's him? That's him. Oh, my God. Yeah. How is that possible? It, I know. You can look him up. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's the, he's got kind of like, a, like he looks sort of Eastern European, we were saying. Remember? And happy, no. Not happy birthday to me. It's, um, no, wait. It is happy birthday to me. No. Yeah. Those movies are made like years apart. Yeah, right. This guy was like 55 years old. I'm telling you, it is. Um, God, I will, I will find it here. He is. Um, oh, boy. That is. <laughs> oh, my God. My notes are just Trust all over me, the place. This is still more compelling than Scanners. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's I, I don't have his name here right, right now. But I'll yeah. find it while you're yes. actually chatting about something yeah. else. I'll find so, out what he was in. So speaking of. So we're of, saying they had, like head of security, kind of the other older guy yes, with Dr. Ruth. Absolutely. He played a teenager in a yes. movie three years before this. Yes. OK, interesting. <laughs> I know it doesn't sound real, but that's apparently the theme of the show. OK, <laughs> um, but yes. So he's in it. And I'll tell you what. I like that guy. I like that guy. He's it's kind of nice to have sort of dual villains. Yeah, we've got Michael Ironside. Plus, we've got this guy kind of filling in the blanks when Michael Ironside isn't there. Yeah. for long stretches, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you're you're right about the fact that 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 actor Stephen Lang just really kind of lack kills the whole thing, and it's such a waste because I literally looked at uh, a site. That had a list of top 10 movies that were, you know, it said top 10 great movies that were ruined by casting. And it scanners is in yeah, there for Stephen Lack. So, but what you do have is the uh, Patrick McGowan that plays uh, Dr. Ruth. Dr. Ruth, like what did, is that really what you're going to call the doctor? Dr. Ruth? Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> kind of funny, but because she was a thing by then, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, she was, was. She, though, like. In Canada, well, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, but um, but, it is funny though. But this but act, look, I looked it up. Yes, that guy, he was the dad in Happy Birthday to Me. The guy who oh, he seemed was the dad. so disinterested to be in that movie. Oh, he was the dad. He was the dad. Oh, okay. I was thinking he was okay. Yeah. You're exactly those, right. They came out in the same year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. We've solved the mystery. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The Back dad. to All scanners. Right. Anyway. Right. Yes. <laughs> um. So. <laughs> so. Here's the thing. You've got this Patrick uh, McGowan or McGuhan. Um, man, did I like watching this guy? I think he, he, his performance or more like his character goes a little off the rails at the end. But when you first see him, I actually literally rewound the first scene where he's talking because I love his voice. Yeah. He's a, a born in the United States of Irish parents of, who uh, were uh, emigrated from Ireland. And he was born here, but he was the, as soon as he was born, he went, his family moved back to Ireland and he was raised there until he was seven or eight and then moved to England. So he's, his accent is actually, I picked up a lot of like Quint vibes from that. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, uh, and it's so, it's so great. Cause like, who doesn't want to listen to more of that? Quint questions. Yeah. He just, that was <laughs> right. So, um, he's got this really great way of speaking that seems to be a bit of a mix between Irish and and uh english like yeah. when he says scanners it's clearly like, it's not like scanners it's yeah. you know scanners scanners um and uh yeah really great to listen to really interesting presence he's a, like there's an example of a guy who's low emotion but engaging yeah you can do yeah, it yeah like he's not 
even like when <laughs> I just love the scene where and it's just stood out to me as this where he's in like his little club like you know they've got the rich guy club or whatever that yeah. he's in and it's like you have a phone call and just him answering the phone like yeah hello <laughs> Right. Like it's just like no no excitement to this guy at all. Yeah. But he's a million times more engaged. Like that's when it really when I say like the contrast, like that's when I noticed it when Dr. Ruth and uh whatever guy are talking. What is yeah. his name again? Cameron. Cameron. Cameron yeah. Vale. Uh yeah, just like oh it's man. That so bad. And you know, it's just now that you say his name, it reminds me of a scene where so Cameron Vale is a scanner and he's you know he's being sort of groomed by dr ruth to to hone his scanning abilities and they've been at it for a while like cameron is actually sort of living in a space that uh that the doctor provides they've been interacting for what you would assume is several weeks oh and really then, Do several weeks go by? well i think so oh, and then there's a scene where cameron calls the doctor and he says, like, hello, it's Cameron Vale. <laughs> like, you don't have to say your whole name. Right. You've only been, like, hanging yeah. out with this dude for a month. That's uh, what I, I had it at. Hello. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, that's just one example of the nonsense. Like, literally, there is a scene where Cameron Vale says, I need your help. And it is the least convincing that it, 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 he needs anything at all or wants anything at all. Um, it's terrible. But yes, the the concept of the movie is great. Um, or it's, it's at least interesting. The, the biggest problem with this movie is, uh, and it makes a lot of sense if you know the, the, the history of the production, it's aimless. That's a shitty thing for a movie that, to be. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's meandering. It's aimless. It feels like it. It's kind of like it feels like a, the production was okay. What should we do next? Um, I've got an idea. Okay, let's just go with that. You know, it's not yeah. overly. Like it's, the the setup of the scenes are are you know fine, and I think follow a uh, a good progression. It's like you know because we have Cameron. He's established as a scanner. Michael Ironsides is established as a scanner separate from each other. Um, you know, then we build in like, oh, we do the here's one other scanner, the artist guy. Now we go meet another group of scanners. Like we just they build they keep building on that world in a a, a logical progression. But yeah, just the the scenes contained within that body are so boring. Um when they go to a new place. I don't really know why they're there until like a minute into it. And then I'm like, oh, that, oh, here, this part's happening. Okay, fine. Yeah, it's kind of like when a parent is teaching a kid how to ride a bike and it's when the kid finally starts riding and the parent is still like has their arms out and they're still <laughs> running behind them. Like you're not really pushing the bike anymore. Holding on to them. Like that's what this movie feels like. It just slips away from itself. <laughs> and, uh, and then you take a nap. Yeah. Or four of them. Here's something that is tragic and not boring about this movie. The first day of shooting, there was a man who was driving a truck. I don't know exactly what kind of truck, but it was a truck. And he was distracted by the filming. And he rear-ended two women that were in a Toyota uh, at a stoplight and uh, killed them. Oh. 
and the grips on the movie hopped over the fence from where they were filming and ran to the car and pulled the dead women out of the car. Oh. The grips working on the, yeah. the movie. Um, and uh, so it was the literally the first day of filming and everybody was so depressed because clearly this guy, it God. was, he just looked over at what was go like, what's going on over there? Yeah. And then killed two women and they knew exactly what the reason was. And it's like, imagine going to work and then having to be that grip that is like, obviously, you wouldn't run over to pull the dead bodies out of the car if you didn't think that it, it was your not your fault, but the reason for for the accident. Oh, so obviously, yeah. it was it was clearly evident that that's yeah. what happened. So, but just imagine doing that and being like, how the fuck are you supposed to keep going from that? Yeah, like, like oh day two. Hope no one dies today. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I hope there's no weird accidents where people die in them. Yeah. Yes. They had to erase the how many days since an accident, but a big zero. <laughs> Maybe we should just scratch the whole escalator scene right now. <laughs> no, they went for it. Yeah, they were like, the irony, we were so worried about the escalator <laughs> yeah, scene. We right. just took our eye off the ball that <laughs> bystanders could get injured. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, so let's talk about real quick, <laughs> you know, the head. Yeah. Here's another unfortunate part of this movie. Cause this movie is known for the head exploding. Yeah. It's like a lot. Like I, it's the most I knew about this movie. And really the most I knew about this movie was from a line in Wayne's world, right? Like they make a mention of that. So I'm like, oh, there's a movie called Scanners where someone's head blows up. Then in the internet age, I have seen a three-second clip of the head exploding. So you are I already know what it looks like. And then on top of all that, it happens in the first five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's oh, like now the bit that I'm at least looking forward to is over. <laughs> Uh, and now I got to listen to Cameron Vale. Yeah. Drone on. Yeah. Uh, but awesome effect. Super cool. Um, Made up of plaster and gelatin. Yeah. They put in some like bits of latex. Latex, like even just in scrap is really great for, for oh, body yeah. parts. It looks so gross. They throw that in there. They literally had some leftover burgers that somebody didn't finish. They threw the burgers in there. Nice. Uh, and some corn syrup. And uh, so they tried the effect with some actually like explosive, you know, little squibs or whatever that would would explode the head. And that wasn't really working. So now somebody explained this to me because I, I, I've heard of somebody shooting salt before. Uh -huh. I thought it was with a bullet that they did this. But either way around it, the, the explosive devices weren't working. So the uh, the head of, of makeup. Uh, just decided that he was going to lay down behind the head and blast it with a shotgun. Yeah. Which he did. Which is what it looks like. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, we were but all... But normally you don't get that effect wondered, by actually doing it. Yeah. Yeah, if you've ever wondered what that looked like, we were all right. Like, yes. it looks like that. Um, but it's said that they loaded the shotgun with kosher salt. Oh, okay. So how would you do that? Uh, Well, it's like... You just use that instead of buckshot because a, a shotgun shell is you have a little bit of the gunpowder that ignites the bullet. But then yeah. the actual stuff that comes out that does the damage instead of it being one metal bullet, it's 
you know, hundreds, hundreds of little pellets. Okay. And so then the shotgun itself spreads it out. So it's more of a, a uh, area of effect damage for our gamers out there. <laughs> Does AOE instead of a direct line. So that, I mean, so that's how when it hits something like it's hitting several points at once. So that's how you get that explosion and that sh- like it just shreds yeah. through the product. So they were probably like, let's be somewhat responsible and not use buckshot that could hurt somebody. Salt's going to suck. I don't, it's got to be safer than buckshot. Yeah. So, but you just replace, you get a nice big, cause they're not hunting with it, you know? Yeah. They're just using it for effect. So I could see them doing that. Yeah. You could do that, right? You can empty out buckshot from a shell. You have to, I be suppose. Able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I've only seen spent shotgun shells. Like when I was a kid, roaming the railroad tracks yeah of eastern valparaiso or western valparaiso just roving gangs of people <laughs> blasting shotguns yeah. on the river apparently yeah hey man i you know funny uh just a, if we're talking about interesting things that i have um i have a condition called exploding head syndrome have you ever heard of that before <laughs> oh. it literally it's the coolest name ever you should look it up this is another thing i'd love to hear if anybody in our audience uh has this it's uh they they liken it to um like a it's kind of like a little mini seizure thing. Uh-huh. It's an auditory um hallucination. So when it happens like right before like if I'm taking a midday nap and I'm like falling asleep and you'll hear what sounds like an explode like like a fucking bomb just hit the city oh. and you you get I'll get up and I'll look I haven't had one for a long time I'll get up and I'll look around and there's absolutely nothing and I'm like it is impossible like something fucking exploded and it's not it is literally a weird auditory hallucination wow. called exploding head I've syndrome never heard of that yeah look it up would you rather have that or tinnitus. Uh, I've got both. Oh, no. <laughs> tinnitus, actually. Tinnitus, that's right. And tinnitus. Sorry, I'll I'm not you, that old yet to where I need to know. What, tinnitus how it's is maddening. It's horrible. Yeah, my dad and brother have it. So it's awful. I hope my I just aids. got the baldness. Yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Lucky guy. <laughs> uh, here's a funny thing about that scene, though. <laughs> Michael Ironside has the most like nondescript look on his face when he's scanning this guy yeah it's like this weird vaguely pleasurable like half smile where he's just it's almost like he's listening to a piece of classical music or like tasting like a really savory piece of like meat or something yeah it's like it's it's not sexual but it's creepy yeah he's really but it's because he knows like he's pulling a fast oh yeah like he like michael ironside's acting in this movie (laughs) Yes. Cameron Vale is not, or whatever they got. Lack. Stephen Lack uh, is not. Uh, but yeah, I love Michael Ironsides when he's scanning in this movie because it is, I mean, it's, it has to be goofy. It's got to feel weird. Like, it's like he's pretentious about his scanning. Yes. He knows <laughs> he's powerful and he knows, yeah, like that's his character for if you haven't seen it, is he's the powerful scanner who is. You know, uses it for bad. Yeah, trying to build a race of scanners to enslave humans, essentially yeah. to overtake humans. Yeah, um, yeah. He he scans. And Stephen is Stephen Lack is the guy who doesn't understand why he has the power, right? And doesn't know how to control it. And and Michael Ironside, when he scans, it's just he's very smug. Yeah, so he's, he scans very smugly. Yeah, which. But it's Michael Ironside is prone to look like like he's got yeah. a good smug face anyway. Perpetually smug. Yeah. Um, he was in some movie called like Neon City 
that I saw with my dad as a kid, and I didn't recognize him from um, Total Recall or anything. And we were just like, who is this Jack Nicholson wannabe guy? So I've always like in the back of my head held this disdain for Michael Ironside (laughs) just for this one terrible movie that I'm sure he was just like, I get to be a lead in a movie. Cool. Yeah. And did, you know, we were just like, he's trying so hard. But now I'm like, oh, no, he's actually like, yeah, he's an established guy. He is. And it's funny, like everybody gets those Nicholson vibes when you first see him. But the more that you watch him, like. The, the whole Nicholson thing starts to go away. Like yes. you do see him just for, for him. And he is his, his own dude, yeah. you know? Um, there are some very Nicholson faces though. Yeah. It, yeah. It's not yeah. even like, he doesn't have like the, ha- well, he kind of does have the hairline like him, but it's when he like is looking like his face is down and he's looking up at you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. As yeah. I'm doing to yeah, you yeah, right yeah, now. Right, yeah. Yeah. That's when he go. has his most Jack faces or his mouth is open. That's a very like, sh- shining jack face dude is he the guy you've seen weird science yeah remember there's a part when like the the magic or the abilities are happening and then like a a mom and dad start dancing in a photo yeah is that him it's not him it's not him okay just another guy with a receding airline okay okay (laughs) i just had to know um okay speaking of heads but he's did you see total recall do you remember him from total recall oh yeah 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 He's like the head of security. Yeah, that's right. Hunting Arnold Schwarzenegger. Speaking of heads, tree panning. Tree panning. Tree panning. Oh, what's that? That is when we get. Um, this is, by the way, become the Michael Ironside podcast. <laughs> the Michael Ironside scene where he is. Uh, it's actually a pretty badass name that he's got in the movie. Daryl Rev- Revok. Uh, yeah. Uh- Rev- Revik? Revik. Revik. Yes. Cool so ass cool name. name. Cool, cool name. ass name. Um, so he, one you only refer to by the last name. Yeah. Like Revik. Yeah. Revik. Yeah. It's cool I'm name. looking for Revik. <laughs> you're, you're actually really good at doing Thank that. Thank you. Guy. Yeah. Um, it takes a lot of skill <laughs> to, to really perfectly reenact away. somebody that has no skill. <laughs> That's great. Um, so there is a scene where it's uh, we see a, a young Revik, and he has drilled a hole into his skull to um, sort of let the uh, the voices out or whatever. Like yeah. he's dealing with his uh, er, the early stages of his telepathy. That's a procedure called tree panning. Oh yes, okay. and people used to drill holes in their skulls. To let out like demons. Yeah. Um, some people even do it in modern practice because they feel like it like um, stimulates uh, blood flow to the brain or something. Oh, good Lord. I think it's an awful idea. It is bad. <laughs> I mean, it has I'll, to be. You know, for me, it's always been a Ghostbusters line. The, the very or the Egon. This reminds me of the time. Try to drill a hole in your head. And would have worked if you hadn't stopped me. Like, so this notion has just always been a joke to me. And then to hear as I get older, like, oh, my God, like barbaric people like used to really do that. It freaks me out because, man, there is there have been a lot of dark times in our our country's history. But the one that really gets me is that whole lobotomy stretch. What a fucking nightmare. Oh, like in the 50s. Yeah, Yeah. Like. People that probably just had like maybe a little ADD. I mean, you're just assuming slavery, right? Like, well, well yeah, that's okay. bad too. Yeah, that was in addition. <laughs> that's the assumption addition, one. Yes, 
Yeah, I didn't care for that, that at all. That jersey's been retired to the rafters of terrible things. Slavery like, did don't not need to sit well with me at all. It, it just... But yes, the lobotomizing. Lobotomizing is horrible. And, um, you know, they go they go through the eye, I think. They go through the oh, eye. I thought with they a, went up the nose. Well, that's what I always thought, too. But I read about it when I was researching this tree panning. Ugh. And apparently they go through the eye. Um, and, man, what a... What oh, you know, that would make sense. Yes, to drill. Yeah, there probably is a way to get in. The I thing is, like this part up of your eyelid. Yeah. Who knows? And I've 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 been curious to, like, look up footage of what somebody is like after they're lobotomized. But I literally won't. I can't look at it. Like, yeah. I won't do it. I yeah. won't do it. It's I can't imagine. Like, that's got to be like, do they talk anymore? Uh, it's a great question. Probably not. It's probably a lot of uh, drooling and mumbling. Did you hear about that just kid? a step above Stephen Light's performance? <laughs> yes, right, right. Yes. Did you hear about the Kennedy sister that they lobotomized? No. Yeah, one John Kennedy's sister was considered to be like, uh, like I don't know how she's going to do. For a little too pu- lippy. A little too lippy. <laughs> and they fucking lobotomized her, and wow. she lived the rest of her life in like a nursing home. When, but they lobotomized her when she was like a teenager. That's insane. Yeah, and it was like the dirty little secret of the family. But I mean, wow. everybody. I mean, it's it's not like a conspiracy. Like it's known. Right. But yeah, they thought she was just a little too, just too much of an upstart. You know. Damn. Yeah, crazy. So anyhow, <laughs> this okay. So falling asleep during this movie, um, it, it, does that mean it's a bad movie? I don't know because there are a lot of people that love this movie. Yeah, but is it one of those that people love because they feel like they should? That's what I think. I think so. I like. I don't know. I don't know. Because yeah, you could argue it. There are people who. Uh, love it because they because it, it's in retrospect. Yeah, because like on Rotten Tomatoes, it has like a seventy percent. But when this came out, it was not greatly accepted. But it was super weird. Like I could see how this caught with some audiences in the early eighties, especially for the end scene. Yeah, ESP which is, is cool. super Cronenberg body horror, and probably american audiences had not really seen a lot of stuff like that so i could see how i mean you know 14 million is nothing to to laugh at from 81 sure um so you know i and i i've enjoyed david Cronenberg's work uh of other movies uh, since this so it was a good stepping stone but man to be like 70 percent of people liked this movie i find that hard to believe and i do wonder if that's just people who go through ranking movies and rank movies they haven't seen and right. they're like sure scanners oh the one where the guy's head blows up everyone loves that yeah that was so cool yeah so why, i yeah. love that movie oh my god yeah yeah no you love that scene right like because yeah. i i thought this was a movie about people's heads blowing up but it was not like that <laughs> right. that was a just a thing that happened apparently it's that easy to make like a memorable movie just explode somebody's yeah, head. Have a super cool effect that looks awesome, but it, and what's crazy is I didn't know about the end of this movie and how wild the effects were there. But, I mean, I was waiting for it because I know it's a David Cronenberg movie. I think I said to you like I'd wait a really long time for the Cronenberg part of my Cronenberg movie. Well, the, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, it's the movie is working at a slow build pace, but we're not getting enough fast enough. Yeah. And uh, so that's that's really where it it it, it suffers from. It's, it's just a, 
a lack of information when we need it to still stay engaged. They try to engage us by uh, Cameron, Cameron Vale, uh, meeting up with some other scanners and introducing like this other, you know, female character. And she's, you know, she's pretty. She's she's fine. Yeah. Um, not super clearly defined. I don't think she was. I don't think her character was given a whole lot. Yeah, to work no. With. Um, She's just kind of who was left over from this other group. Well, she right. was the leader of that group, though. But yeah, like n- nothing. N- there, now, there is a scene where <laughs> the poor members of that group just get blasted with a shotgun. Yeah. And that's kind of fun. Yeah. For a second. Um, actor Pat McGowan is quoted as saying, if I didn't drink, I'd kill someone. <laughs> uh, this is interesting. Thank God he drinks. <laughs> Well, he's Irish. Um, and, uh, you know, that's fun. It's uh, called it, a cry he, for help. He, it, it is. And apparently he was very difficult to work with. Um, apparently that woman that we just talked about, actress Jennifer O'Neill, who plays the the other female scanner, also difficult to work with. She struggled with the violence. But you know what? It's not her fucking fault. You know why? Because they knew that she wasn't, that she didn't like violence. So they sent her a copy of the script and just whited out all of the violent parts, and that's what she thought the movie was. Oh my god! So it's like a total bait and switch. Yeah. And then she got into the movie. And she's, she's like, like I'm, well, "I'm fine reading it, guys." <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Give me the opportunity to say no, <laughs> right? And make my own decision, but they didn't. Wow. So, um, so there was that. Um, I'm because yeah, I'm there was some good just gunshot chest explosions oh, yeah. in this movie. Yeah, there are. Um, and. If we're just talking effects, we'll uh, we'll go to that end scene. Um, is it perfect? No, especially it probably looked pretty damn good on the yeah, transfer that's, in eighty one. That's or, what I think. Like yeah. at the time, now if you have that scene, because it's essentially two psychics having a psychic battle. Oh my fucking god! They'd be throwing each other through six layers of walls, and you know, ugh, it'd just be dumb. It would be dumb. Yeah, this was so simple, and some effects I had never seen before. Yeah. Uh, cause there's one where it's like, it's essentially a, you know, their veins are bulging out, but I mean, I could tell what they did, but I'd never seen it where it just looks like they're pumping a liquid in. That's then puffing up as it goes up, but yeah. it's concealed so well. Yeah. It looks so awesome. And I was just like, Oh, and then it'd like pop a little bit and fucking trickling, like blood trickling down. Oh, so cool. So cool. It's great. And, and, you know, you're kind of, well, you're not really rooting for Cameron because who could, but oh, I'm not rooting for him at all. But if you're just like saying like, oh, how, how is our lead going to, to win the fight? You know, when he gets a massive ass chunk ripped out of his face to yeah. where it's like a half inch in of flesh. Oh yeah. You're he's pulling like it. Section. He's pulling yeah. like a uh, uh, poltergeist style. Yeah. I did not expect that. No. to happen. And when that happens, you're like, well, I don't know if he's going to make it out of this because <laughs> life is going to be difficult yeah. after that. And then that's like the most tame thing that happens to him. Right. Right. And now how did you feel? about that ending where he sort of uh now inhabits uh uh Revic's body. Uh, I mean, not a fan. I don't get the point of it. Yeah. I mean I know they made a bunch of sequels afterwards. Yeah. But I wasn't like oh yes. Which by he the survived. Way, which by the way, uh congratulations on screwing the other people that made sequels by already starting your the first movie as plural. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> yeah, should have. They been... can't do scanners with the dollar sign. <laughs> no, right. There's no way to pitch the sequel to this movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> he drew a two and then put a dollar sign through it. People were like, "What does that mean?" Like, God damn it! <laughs> I'll just put the upside down exclamation mark and then the right side up exclamation mark. Scanners. <laughs> um. So you know, there. I will. I will say this. I, I will say it was hard to even understand. I had to read to make sure what I thought happened. Because, yeah, Cameron puts his mind into Michael Ironside's Revic's body. Yeah. And he's like, where, where, uh, which he had like the most emotion saying that line. Yeah. Where we won. <laughs> Whatever he says. He says something like that. But yeah, yeah I don't know. That was dumb. Um, you know what wasn't dumb? I wanted both of them to die. There is a character that is a, a scanner, and he's also an artist. I don't remember the character's name. No, but, but they he was go, cool. They go to him because cool they think art. that he... Yeah, dude. Where I'm like, yeah, I believe head. a guy who is like plagued by his telekinesis made this art. And he ha- one of those pieces of art is a giant head so big that you can go in through what would be like the throat and it opens up into a little lounge. Yeah. You can just sit in there. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, did you recognize that actor? He looked familiar, but he I did. didn't. Yeah. Look and I into know it. that I know him from somewhere and okay. I couldn't place it. But um, yeah. And I and wherever He's got I this really cool comb over, if I could <laughs> say that, you know. But like it fits that character. Yeah. I say, yeah, I like that guy a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He was great. That's the thing. I mean, it's uh, it's a movie where literally I, I don't know if we've ever even covered one like this where one poor casting choice had such a ripple effect on yeah, the entire I don't movie. Think so. I can't think of one. Maybe um, maybe the mutilator with the, the friend. That uh, guy was terrible. Yeah. But even. Oh, yeah. No, I can't even say that. The because uh, that movie wasn't good outside of that guy, so never mind. <laughs> the one thing that I had uh, an issue well, not the one thing that one of the things I had an issue with. So, Cameron Vale, we're, we're led to believe, has been sort of like on the fringe of society, homeless, whatever. Um, but when he works his way in and infiltrates the company that is uh, Revic's plan to you know take over the world. Boy, he seems to know a lot about computers. Uh, yeah. Like how to access computers and access files. Well, yeah, that was another weird just kind of thing that was very convenient. Like, oh, you can use your telekinesis to access computers. Yeah. So that's like a wireless matrix before we even had the matrix. Yeah. And you've got one guy saying like, well, it makes sense because he have a, he has a nervous system and a computer has a nervous system. And it's like, right. no, no that's it a doesn't. metaphor. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like it's just theory. how we relate it. So people can understand how a computer works. Figure does not have a literal <laughs> nervous system. Oh, no, it doesn't. Yeah. But, you know, computers were pretty new. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, you call it a scanner. It's like that is a computer word. I get it. Yeah. Like, it's fine. I didn't have a huge issue with that. I was along for the ride. However, I did kind of have an issue. I kind of brought it up in my Nansum. Uh, so we've mentioned this ephemeral. Ephemeral is a drug that's kind of introduced a couple times, but it's used to inhibit the power of the scanners, right? It blocks them. Like that's, uh, Ruth gives it to, uh, to Vale um, to, to drown out the voices so he can talk to him, you know? So 
then as the movie goes on, the 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 plot is uh, uncovered that Michael Ironside Revic, I should call him Revic. It's such a cool name. Yeah, Revic is producing the uh, uh, ephemeral because what he found out was that Doctor Ruth had actually used it on his pregnant wife, who were surprise surprise Revic and Vale. They are brothers. It's revealed. And Ruth, like, overdosed their mother, essentially. They were not twins, though, right? No. Okay, so on two separate pregnancies, he really pumped the mother full of this stuff, which then turned them into scanners. So I'm very unclear as to what ephemeral does, because it seems to both block the abilities of and create the abilities of scanners. It absolutely i had the exact same thought like it makes z- completely contradictory sense right and no now sense i love all. the concept of yeah because revic's plan is to then secretly inject ephemeral into a bunch of pregnant mothers to create more scanners cool love it make that if you make that something else the whole thing makes sense i believe there's a drug that can block it as much as I believe there's a drug that can create it, that's fine. And I loved like the concept of when they uh, go to a doctor's office. I don't remember whose office they're going to or why they're there. Um, but the woman is sitting there and gets scanned by, uh, yeah, yeah, you wrote down the same thing, yeah. <laughs> but like she gets scanned by a baby in this woman's uterus and i'm like oh that's cool i like that all that stuff's cool yeah now here, how does the same thing do the two different things now let me let me fix this for you david cronenberg it's this easy keep everything exactly the same but somehow make ephemeral something that stimulates or brings about the telekinetic power or focuses it or owns it that's all you had to do have it do the exact opposite that you said that it does. Right. And then we're buying it hook, line and sinker. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. It, it, yeah, it, the only way. Yeah. God, I, I could try to reason my way around it. Like saying how, um, like they give amphetamines to people with attention deficit because it like, even though it's speed, it sort of speeds them up so much that it slows them down. Yeah. Um, like I, I'm trying to like, reason my way into this being okay but it isn't yeah it, it's just a, a i can't even think fault. of a good like analogy that even presents what that does like the best is like i can think of is like oh you have a drink here let me add an ice cube to it to cool it but be careful because it will make your drink so hot it will evaporate like, yes no one has ever said that right like it, <laughs> it does two of the very opposite things that it's uh, intended to do or whatever. Did you happen to catch the scene as we're uh, just just wantonly hating on on Cameron, or as Doctor Ruth says, Cameron? Cameron. Did you catch the the line where the uh, the female character says to him, "You're barely human." <laughs> no, I don't think <laughs> I, I, just, I even. I literally <laughs> DiCaprio style pointed at the screen like, "Yes, that's it." She's get she gets it, um, yeah. It's uh, it's got its. You problems. were saying that guy never did anything again. Though, yeah, right? he quit acting <laughs> okay. and he went into painting. Yeah, which quit acting, right? <laughs> yeah, 
Like you, you had the best line where you no, said, "No, guys, I'm out." Willy, <laughs> you Willy Wonka, don't stop. Come back. When I told you that earlier, you said, "I think he quit acting before he started this movie." <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> so good. Um, you know what is kind of interesting? I, I sort of liked the score of this movie. Yeah, it felt at times this movie felt like a little bit at its best moments. It felt a little Terminator-ish, yeah. like that first Terminator. Yeah. It's kind of the same vibe, and the score helped that. It's sort of a mix of classical and synth, um, and it, it kind of opens with this like really dramatic, almost Wagnerian uh, like orchestral music, which is kind of a cool opener. Yeah, Most of it is synth. But um, but pretty cool. Like I I liked that part of it. That was that was neat. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know what I'm wondering? What I'm just thinking about this because I was reflecting on how much ADR is in this movie, uh, where they go in and redub their lines. I wonder if Stephen Lack is not a bad actor, but just terrible at then going back in and trying to re because you have to like emotionally say your lines the way you did that day you filmed it, but you're not interacting with people. You know, it's a weird, sure. You have to convey what you said that day. Maybe he just sucks at doing voiceovers. Well, you, you bring up a fantastic point because the, the overdubbing is distracting, distracting. And it's a lot. It's of a the lot. Movie. Yeah. And it's and like, it, there's one scene where they're indoors where I'm like, Oh yeah, they're not, uh, this sounds normal. <laughs> right. Exactly. And it's way too much of that. And it's yeah, it, it's very distracting. Yeah. So, yeah, you could say that. Um, you could also say that uh, that doesn't change the fact that his face doesn't move. Oh, that's true. So that's an issue, too. It's <laughs> very true. I did remember where that artist character is from and where we've seen oh, him from. Huh. He is, I don't know if you'll remember, but he is uh, in Phantasm 2. He plays like the pastor. Oh. The, the, the ball comes to like him. Like he looks through the like yeah. hole and then like the ball comes after him. He's the pastor in that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I got, I knew I knew that dude from somewhere. Um, but yes. Uh, hmm. You know, they. I think it's time to rewatch Phantasm 2. Yeah. It's, it's excellent. Um, this. <laughs> This movie, you know, I, I, and w- whether we're at the end or not, I just want to think about the oh, high fives. We made it an hour. Oh, did we? Okay, yeah, we're, good. we're good. Yeah, we can. We can then I, this, this is going to fit right in. I was going to talk about recommending this movie or not. Uh, perfect timing. So um, this is a this is a tough one. I normally try not to struggle with recommendations because I feel like your gut instinct should be exactly that, that it, if you either liked it or you didn't like it and you shouldn't try to talk your way into one side or the other. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and say this. I know there's a lot of fans out there. I, I don't recommend this movie. Yeah, I, I don't. I, it, it's not to say it's the worst thing I've ever seen, but honestly, I, if somebody's looking to me for a fun time, <laughs> an interesting experience, this isn't going to give them that. Yeah. Should you see it? I don't know if you've got the yeah, time. If you have an interest in film or are curious about the progression of someone as a director that, and David Cronenberg does fit that as someone whose body of work deserves to be uh, examined. Uh, he's got a lot of crazy 
crazy body horror movies and then he does like weird like there's a weird niche drama and you're just like oh yeah that was a david cronenberg movie like that's nuts uh he did like the history of violence with uh yeah yeah like, i love that movie yeah good movie and you're just like oh the naked lunch guy did this like, yeah it's so weird so yeah he definitely his works as a whole deserve to be looked at but if you're just looking to watch a movie yeah i don't re- recommend this one either yeah, and I feel bad saying it. If you're, because uh, like, I was excited to see it. It seems to have some sort of legacy. I feel like this is a this is Hellraiser all over again. I know we get it's tricky territory when we start, you know, being honest about movies that these <laughs> other people love. But look, if it's if you're hungover on a Sunday and you're on the couch and you're just mindlessly flipping and Scanners is on, yeah, maybe I, I don't know. Fine, sure, okay, go ahead. Um, but uh. But yeah, I mean, it's it's I think we're really stumbling upon these movies that get a way loftier position than they should really hold because people feel like that's where they have to be. And they feel like then they don't have the balls that we have to come out and say when something isn't that great. Yeah. Is it awful? No. Is it is it got a lot of fucking problems? Absolutely. Yeah. I think we're slowly changing the face. Of how people view horror, Tim. <laughs> right. It's the most important topic in the world right now. Right. And we're at the forefront. <laughs> um, no, I uh, I am glad that I watched it. I am glad to be able to say that I have seen Scanners. Yeah. Um, and to talk about it intelligently. Um, I will likely never watch it again. Yeah. I can't see an instance where I do. Because I already watched it with my kids. So. You, know, you know the other thing that this movie is lacking? We're talking about Cronenberg here. Cronenberg is really, when it comes to directors, he's really a content guy over style. He doesn't have a tremendous amount of style. What you see right. in the movies, the, the whether it's the performances or the ding, 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 body horror or any of the like concepts that he has, those are fascinating. But as a like his like brushstroke as a director isn't really anything that's like, wow, that shot was so cool or such an interesting setup there. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. It is basically about a lot of his imagery is cool. Yeah. What we're seeing is cool. How we're seeing it is. eh, Yeah. So, so good point. Yeah. But Uh, um, also he was in uh, Friday the 13th part 10. Don't sleep on that part. He's the doctor at the very beginning. That's a fun fact about David Cronenberg. But yeah, I mean, I can't like The Fly. If you want to watch a David Cronenberg movie, yeah. go watch The Fly. Go watch Naked Lunch. Uh, what's one of his other weird ones? Hold on. Say something while I'm looking. Oh, Videodrome. Videodrome. Yeah, that's the one that That'll he's really yeah, known for. Like That will mess you up. I don't know. I'm too deep in my Wikipedia here. Um, but anyway, so that was, uh, he did a movie called spider. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Ooh, it looks scary. Okay. Oh, yeah. Ray Fiennes is in it. Oh, I kind of remember that. Okay. okay. I don't yeah. think it's about a real spider though. They never are. No. And that's probably good for you. Yeah. That's good for me. Although there are a couple spider movies I wouldn't mind doing. I've mentioned arachnophobia you did. and then, uh, a friend of ours brought up. Uh, an old classic kingdom of the spiders yes with shatner with shatner yeah i saw that on a television that my family got when we bought a dodge omni Ooh, and they threw in a tv 
Oh, Literally. nice. Yeah. And um, I watched it. Like, I would just, like, put it on the kitchen table because, like, you didn't need to plug into cable or yeah. anything. Like, you just plug it into the wall. Yeah, it's a signal sent into your home. Yeah. And it was, uh, yeah, I watched it right on the kitchen table. Kingdom of Spiders, right? That's the one at the end where the whole town is covered in webs. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. We should cool. do that. Well, we do that done, What is the oldest movie that we've covered? The oldest movie? Uh, let's see. Jaws when was Clockwork 75. Made? Clockwork was, yeah, 73. That's a good question. We should, yeah, we should go do an old ass one, like the mole people. Yeah, but that's not that old. That's 80s. Kingdom of Spiders? No, oh, I thought yeah. that was 70s. Or no, no. 60s. Late 60s? No, is it? No. Really? Is it? Oh, you know what? I might, there's a couple spider. There's, I might be Clockwork thinking Clockwork is 71. So that's the, that's definitely the oldest one. I might done. be thinking of Tarantula with oh, an exclamation mark. That's yeah, like Kingdom 50. of the Spiders is 77. Okay. I'm yeah, thinking Tarant- of Tarantula like which is like 57. One. That might be what like what triggered my fear. Tarantula? Yeah. I just remember watching a movie not to like take anything away from the future spider episodes we do, but to pad this episode. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Why not? I do remember watching a movie with my dad. I was very young. It was black and white. But it was like there was a giant spider, but I remember it being in like a lecture hall or something. And then it, and they think it's dead and it comes to life. Oh, that might have been the trigger, my initial trigger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I can't really remember any instance after that. Well, I'm with you. I'm, with, you know, I, I do not fear spiders. I do have things that I do. I don't like rodents. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like rodents, but not near me. Right. Um, but I, you're okay with your spider thing because they do look like they're up to no good. Like, yeah. in, aren't there some insects? There's some creatures in this world that are are perfectly <laughs> innocent. But the way that they are, the way they look, the way they move, seems like they're sinister. Yeah, cockroaches. That, so like, fast. I know not all spiders can kill you. I get it. Even though my brain tells me they can, there are still a few that can. And why? Why? Is an animal that small have such powerful venom? It's unnecessary and unnatural. And all of those legs moving at the same time, like, it's just, it's creepy. Right, yeah. It's weird. I mean, it is chaotically beautiful. I'll admit that. But that's part of the, what puts me off about it as well. You might like to look at a spider in a, like, a, a dead one in a glass case, like uh, a taxidermy thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not I mean, really. No, <laughs> the looks of them. Just seeing spiders really puts me off. They're pretty cool. I mean, as far as creatures go, though, they're neat. Yeah, what a unique, interesting organism for sure. Thank God they when don't fly. Like if they flew, I would be. I don't know if I would have made it this far. When you're a kid and you know, for you learn for the first time that that mouth is on the bottom, and you're just like, that's not even playing fair. Oh yeah, like that's freaky. and they have eight eyes. Yeah. I, I'll go to head-to-head with this thing with a mouth on the front of its face like it should be. <laughs> right. But that is just creepy. And the two, like on a tarantula, like those, it's like, that's the mouth? Like, no, those are its fangs. Like, that houses <laughs> the fang part. Whoa. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no, we'll do we'll do a spider movie. Yeah. But not the Ray Fine, David Cronenberg movie. Yeah. No, I will say another quick plug for a spider movie. I do love enemy starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Not really a spider movie, spider movie. I shouldn't say it's a spider movie, 
Oh, Tim, I've not told you to watch Enemy. No. Enemy is a movie I watched and immediately watched it again. Wow. Yeah, I loved it. We should watch it tonight. Oh, and I love Jake Gyllenhaal. I love it. You should just hang out. We'll watch Enemy. It's it's like an hour and a half long. Yeah. It's short. So good. Jake Gyllenhaal. That's when I was like, oh, I love Jake Gyllenhaal. We'll do a bonus episode right after. Yeah. (laughs) But it it has more metaphorical spiders, but there is one part where I'm like, whoa, I can't believe how much I loved that part. So wait a second. Is this going to be another movie? Are are the spiders real or is any of this happening? Some of the spiders are real. (laughs) Okay. Give me something. You'll get it when you watch it. You're going to be like, how did I not know? This amazing movie exists. Why haven't people talked God, about it? I movie? love him. He's yeah, so great. He's so good. Okay. I wish we were talking about Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that was uh, that was Scanners from 1981. Uh, please join us next week. This one I'm excited about. I don't. I was saying before, I don't know if I've seen it, the whole thing. I oh. thought I did, but upon reflection, I think I've just seen bits on HBO when I was a kid. I definitely saw it. On its first run on HBO, if I did see it. But from 1985, Fright Night. Fright Night. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, I'm assuming I, that's something it's from the movie. Otherwise, yeah, I just stroked out. <laughs> like, are, are you okay yeah, over there? Your voice yeah. finally gave out. <laughs> uh, yeah, wait. no, I love this one. This was like... um. For me, this was one of those like uh, family favorites. Like everybody in my family liked Fright oh, Night, nice. and um, it, it's it's fun, it's funny, it's a little tongue in cheek. Um, awesome it, poster, yeah. Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, and the whole horror host thing. Which Jesus, I wonder if I'll have anything to say about that. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's a whole big part of my life. But um, yeah, no, super stoked. I think a lot of people have seen it. There was the remake, which I also saw. We can talk about that a little bit too. But yeah. lots of fun stuff. Not as well one. received, I no. believe. Although Colin Farrell is is I'd love to watch that dude. And yeah, I think he's, he's awesome. great. So he's great. Awesome. But um no, I am excited for that one. That's gonna be a fun ass episode. Awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. Okay, cool. Well, uh please check out our website, slumberpodcastmassacre.com. Email us slumberpodcast at gmail.com. A uh, huge thanks to our patrons. You help make this possible. We couldn't do it without you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, next week, Fright Night, 1985. Tim, you got anything else to say about scanners? Uh, yeah. There it is. Hmm. Well, think, well the, some people, I hadn't thought of it that some way. Some people heard it. Oh, I heard it. <laughs> All right, Tim. We'll see you next what I was trying to telepathically say next week you didn't that's fine I don't have it it's fine it's fine alright Tim we'll see you next week bye bye look on your face like what just happened (laughs) like I just stopped that was hilarious